Amen. Glory to God. Amen. I'd like to welcome everyone to Spirit and Life International Ministries, where we are building believers according to their true identity and purpose in Christ. Amen. Glory to God. And this, we started, amen, this past Wednesday on a series I was teaching on, a, a, a very good series I was teaching on called The Spirit of Your Mind. The Spirit of Your Mind. And we're going to continue on that series this morning. Glory to God. And God has been revealing some amazing things concerning the spirit of your mind. And this is going to be part two of it, Spirit of Your Mind, part two. And I want, to put, want you to put on your subtitle for part two of this message. Amen. For the subtitle, I want you to put, do you have it on your mind? All right. Do you have it on your mind? Amen. I want you to look at your neighbor and, and give them that look like you're ready to get on, like you got it on your mind. You got it on your mind? Come on. Yeah. Come on. Like you really, like, like, like you got it on your mind? Amen. That's what I'm talking about. Do you have it on your mind? Amen. But, but God began to reveal some great things concerning the spirit of your mind. Amen. The spirit of your mind. When he gave me this message. Amen. Amen. That one thing is that man, glory to God, man was created compatible with God as a son. Man was created compatible with God as a son. Amen. That means when God created man, he created man in his image and after his likeness. Amen. And when God created the man, being that the man was compatible with God, God made man fit to have his spirit live in him. Amen. And with the spirit of God, we learn comes the mind of God. With the spirit of God comes the mind of God. We learn that over in 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 2. From last week when we discussed that scripture. We know where it says that. For what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him. Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. It says that we have not received... That now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Amen. That means if I got the spirit of God, amen, amen. that means I have access into the mind of God. Amen. And that was good to me. And see, the Holy Spirit needs two things. The Spirit of God needs compatibility in nature in order to dwell in you and it needs your mental permission to operate through you. Amen. So we're going to backtrack a little bit for this message this morning because I want you to see what happened to man. I want you to see what God desired was for man and what happened to man. I want you to see what God's desire was for man and what happened to man. Do you have it on your mind? Do you have it on your mind? Amen. See, when God created man, the spirit man, in Genesis 1, 26, the thought of him, and finished him in 27, amen. And then you get over to Genesis 2 and 7, and it said, God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. 
I like the way all the Amplified Classic says, it said the breath of the spirit. He breathed that into the man and the man became a living soul. Amen. So when he gave the breath of the spirit into the man, God was pre-downloading the man with his mindset, with the mind the man was supposed to have, the type of mind that he was supposed to operate with in the earth. So man was created compatible with God and fit to receive the mind of God. So when he go about doing what God designed him to do in the earth, that he won't think his own thoughts, he'll be thinking godly thoughts. Amen. So, I like this statement my pastor gave to me when we started school. I, I quoted that. It says, do you trust God enough to make the things he think the things you think? And the things he say, the things you say. Because that is the only way God will get his will done in the earth. God needs someone who will think his thoughts and say what he said. And then his will will be done in the earth. But this cannot come but only one way. And that is what his spirit living within us. Amen. Because with the spirit of God comes the mind of God. Amen. So this would happen. Now God has a man on the scene who's compatible with him, who can fellowship with him. And now this man has God's mindset in him, living within him, in his inner man, in his heart. He has the spirit of God living in his heart. Amen. Because over in Proverbs 23 and 7, it says this like this. For as man thinketh in his heart, so is he. For as he, man, thinketh in his heart, so is he. So God knows I have to put my spirit, which has access to my mind, inside man's heart. So when he go to draw his thoughts from his heart, his every thought will be of me. Glory to God. That's good. He says every thought will be of me. So this will happen when man sinned. When man sinned, amen, his, his, his nature changed. And he no longer was compatible with God. He didn't have the godly nature, the godly DNA that he was created with. He took on a sinful nature. See, a sinful nature is not fit for the spirit of the mind of God to dwell in it. So man who is spirit now is not connected to his source. So he no longer has the mind of God. He no longer have access to the thing that eyes have not seen and ears have not heard. He no longer have access to the deep riches, the deep thoughts of God. The deep things of God. Now when man sinned. And God's spirit left him. Now, now remember, for as he man thinking in his heart, so is he. So, it says over in John, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So, now after man sinned, it said, God, you've come down in the cool of the day looking for the man after he sinned. And it says, man heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden. He was ashamed because he was naked and ran and hid himself. Amen. This is what I'm getting at. Where did that thought pattern come from? God was used to fellowshipping with the man that he created as a son, 
the one that was compatible with him, the one that had his spirit living within him, the one who had access to God's mind, all of a sudden that same God showed up that was word and the only way he could comprehend them now is a voice walking in the garden. So how did the word now become just a voice to him? Because of his nature now, he's no longer compatible or fit to have the spirit which is the mind of God in him. So when God came to fellowship in the symphony he had, doesn't have the mind of God in it. So when his natural mind looked to his source, which is his heart, to see what it was that was coming, he couldn't comprehend it according to the way that he was designed. Because the mind of God wasn't in him. See, when you're used to something and you know something, nothing can scare you. You know the voice of it. I come through my front door and say, I'm home. Ain't nobody going to take our run. Because they know who I am. Amen. They fellowship with me. We're likewise in nature. We have a loving relationship. Amen. But being man didn't have the mind of God, the spirit of God living in him anymore. That when God showed up, he couldn't comprehend him because he didn't have God's mind or spirit in him from the place where he was designed. So when he looked into his heart to gather his thoughts on what was coming, he had nothing there to give him what he needed to know what it is. So he went to the only other thing he knew, his five senses. And his five senses couldn't see God because sin produces selfishness. He couldn't see, the first thing he looked at was himself. I was naked. I was ashamed. So I ran and hid myself. That's good. So when your mind of God, the spirit of God is absent from you, your actions will be totally against the way God designed you. Because you're not thinking God's thoughts. You're not saying what God says because you don't have access to his mind to allow you to do it. Amen. You don't have access into his mind to allow you to do it. Amen. Amen. See, man's heart was designed to be the source for his thoughts. His thinking wasn't designed to come from any other source. Man's heart was designed to be the source for his thoughts. His thinking wasn't designed to come from any other source. Do you have it on your mind? Do you have it on your mind? Now see, way before I was saved now, we used to be in the street and and, and the cat ready to do something. They said, what you got it on your mind? Want me to help you get it all? You got it on your mind? They help you get it all? And then when that person didn't respond or didn't do nothing. The next statement they said, that boy ain't got no heart. That boy ain't got no heart. But immediately they know if something was on his mind, it had to come from his heart. And being that he didn't do what we wanted him to do, thinking he had something on his mind, we knew that something was missing in his heart. Because man's thoughts was designed to come from his heart. His heart was designed to be the source of his thought. So we told him, man, what you got on your mind? What you want to do something? 
that boy ain't got no heart. First of all, that boy ain't got no heart. But it's just the way we design. We were saying this without even knowing that God patterned us with this type of function. We were created and designed to operate and function in this manner. Amen. That boy ain't got no heart. Amen. See, the heart is designed to be the source for our thoughts. Amen. Turn, turn to 1 Corinthians 2. I'm, I'm going to prove this point to you. 1 Corinthians 2. I'm going to read it out to King James and I'm going to point it out. 2 and 9. That the heart is the source of the thoughts. I'm going to show you how the, the, the translators did it in the two different versions of it. When you get that, let me hear you say amen. amen. Glory to God. Do you have it on your mind? 1 Corinthians 2 and 9. 1 Corinthians 2 and 9. Amen. Do you have it on your mind? Amen. Look what it says. It says, but as it is, as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God had prepared for them that love him. But it says that I had not seen, and the ear had not heard, neither entered into the heart of man the things God prepared for them that love him. Amen? Amen? Now watch what the New Living say. This was striking to me. Watch what the New Living Translation say. Now, look what it said. That is what the scriptures mean when they say, No eyes have seen, nor ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Now, in King James it said, It has not entered into his heart. But over in New Living it says, the mind hasn't imagined it. So what it knows is that in order for the mind to imagine it, it has to enter the heart. Amen. Amen. A mind can't imagine it unless it's entered to the heart if man is functioning according to the way that God designed him. Amen. Amen. The heart is the source for your thoughts. Amen. So if the heart was the source for your thoughts according to the way God designed you, then it should be illegal to have a lot of stuff on your mind according to the way that you feel. Or oh, they, they made me mad at work today, so I got a lot on my mind. I'm frustrated today because they made me mad at work. Your senses was not designed to govern your mind. Your spirit was designed to govern your mind. You are a spirit being. You were created to function from the inside out. Your thoughts were supposed to come from God through His Spirit living in your spirit. And your spirit was supposed to dominate your mind and your body act out the thing that your mind presents to it. But we begin to function backwards. We were created to give life to our thoughts. But after sending thoughts Begin to give life to us. We begin to live by, oh, I don't like the way that tastes. I don't like the way he or she looked. I don't like what I just heard. And so on. Our senses begin to govern us because we lack access into the mind of God. We didn't know what our creator was thinking, so we took it upon ourselves to think on our own. Amen. And when scripture says, 
Trust in the Lord thy God with all thy heart and lean not to thy own understanding. Amen. But we try to let our what we know about ourselves govern ourselves. But we were not created in that fashion. Amen. We were not created in that fashion, but sin caused us to lose access to the mind of God. Because the Spirit of God could not dwell in a place where God's nature was. Amen. Glory to God. Turn to Genesis 6 and 1. I know we're walking, but I, I couldn't rush through it. I had to go back and, and, and give you what God gave me. Part 2, do you have it on your mind? Do you have it on your mind? That boy ain't got no heart. Genesis 6 and 1. Genesis Six and one. I like this. Because God created man and man sinned. And man became separated from God. And man began to, 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 to operate in a, in a manner that was so far away from God. Amen. Amen. And God didn't like it. Amen. God didn't like it. Six and one. Look what it says. Says, then the people began. I'm in the wrong translation. Amen. Let me get back to King James. I'm in the right. In the wrong translation. Amen. And it says, and it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them. That the sons of God. Remember, a son of God is the only being that is compatible to have God's spirit and God's mind. Dwelling in him. God made man compatible with him as a son. Remember that. And he says, God saw those, the sons of God, those that were compatible with him, and the daughters of men, those who were not compatible with him, that they were fair, and they took them wives, which they chose, all which they chose. And look what God said. And the Lord and the Lord said, my spirit, meaning my mind, shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his days should be in 120 years. This is what God is saying. I won't continue to let the man I created as a son, amen, have access to my mind because he's being led of his flesh. Instead of his spirit. Amen. He's saying okay. He, he's looking. At these women. Who are not. Compatible with me. According to his senses. And he's being led by that. Instead of being governed. With the mind I blew into him. In the beginning. So I won't always strive with him. Meaning my mind will not always be accessible to him. Amen. Over in Romans 8 it says that for as many as led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Amen. Amen. See, if you can't be led by what you don't possess. So if God took his spirit away from the man, he took his mind away from the man, that means that man can no longer be called a son. Amen. Amen. That man can no longer be called a son. 
Amen. A son. And look what it says. There were giants in the earth. In those days and also after that, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men which were of old, men of renown. And God, look what it says. It said, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. The thoughts of his heart, the imagination of the thoughts of his heart was evil continually because God's spirit was not in him. God's mindset was not in him. Access to God's thinking was not in him. So every thought he had was evil because it came from a source that wasn't God. So God can no longer operate through him or relate to him as a son. Glory to God. Amen. God cannot operate with him as a son. And it said, and he repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air. For they repented me that I have made them. And then look what it says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Amen. So at this moment, God said, man will no longer have access into my mindset. And it's getting so bad out here, I'm going to have to destroy all of them. But I will find one that is righteous. One that I can work with. One that my spirit could be on. That I can operate with. In order for a reason. But why would God want to do this? God created a covenant with Noah. For a reason. God knew. I have to do what I desire. Sin cannot stop my purpose. It may alter my plan. But it can't stop my purpose. Amen. So God said okay this is what I would do. I kill all this all. But I'm going to keep one righteous lineage. Amen. That I can work through. In order for me. To get a son again. Amen. I will work through a righteous lineage. Amen. To work through in order for me. To get a son again. Because now man is in a dilemma. Man is in a dilemma. Every time he looks to his heart as a place to gather his thoughts, there's a dormant spirit man there that is not connected to his soul. So he just turns to himself in order to acquire knowledge from the world. But God knew something. God said, I need man to think what I'm thinking and say what I'm saying in order for my will to be done. In the earth. So what must God do? See, to change his behavior, you must first address the mindset that produces. And God knew, in order for me to address this mindset that man has, I have to give him a new nature. I have to change his heart. Because as he's thinking in his heart, so is he. And out of abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I'm going to have to get him to think what I think in order for him to say what I say. But in order for me to do that, 
I'm going to have to work on this heart. So God began to prophesy. God began to prophesy. Amen. God began to prophesy. He said, I got to change the heart in order to change his thought. Because once his heart changed, then my spirit can come in. Once the heart changed, my mind can come in. Once the heart changed, I can find compatible nature that I can work with, that I can dwell in, that I can think with, that I can share my innermost thoughts with, that I can share who all I am with him, and then he can operate on my behalf in the earth. Amen. Turn to Ezekiel 36. God said, God began to prophesy. I got to get me a son on the scene. So God began to prophesy through the prophets. Amen. God begins to prophesy through the prophets. Ezekiel 36. God begins to prophesy through the prophet. Ezekiel. 36 and 24. You get there, let me hear you say amen. Amen. One person there, Jared. Amen. Amen. Get it, Jared. Future pastor, Spirit of Life International Ministry. Jared Bay. Ezekiel 36, 24. You there? Let me hear you say amen. Amen. Look what it says. For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. It says that I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean. From all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. And look what it says. It says, a new heart also will I give you. It says, a new heart also will I give you. So now man, God prophesies that I'm about to give him something else. A new heart. A new source for his thought. Because as he thinking in his heart, so is he. And he said, and a new spirit will I put in you. See, the new spirit couldn't be put in until there was a new heart in place. And he said, I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. That's the heart that's not compatible. With God. He said, I will give you a heart of flesh. And look what it says in 27. And I will put my spirit within you. I will put my mindset within you. And cause you to walk in my statutes. And you should keep my judgments and do them. And you should dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. And you should be my people and I will be your God. God is getting the relationship back. But God know I have to do something with his heart. Then I could give him my spirit. And then when giving him my spirit, I could give him my mind. And then when I give him my mind, he will walk according to the way I want him to walk. He won't walk according to the ways of the world. He won't walk according to what he see or what he hears. He gonna walk according to the spirit and not according to the flesh. But God knew and he prophesied and said, I got to change his heart. 
Jeremiah. Turn to Jeremiah quick. Jeremiah. That, that's two books up. Jeremiah 31. Jeremiah 31. And 33. Jeremiah 31. 33. When you get that, let me hear you say amen. 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 Yeah, what I'm talking about. Get it, Pastor Jared. Amen. Look what it says. Now we're talking about a new heart. You got here now. But God is trying to address the mindset of man because the actions of man are messed up. Every imagination of the thought of his heart is evil continually, is what the scripture says. Amen? Amen. So look what it says in Jeremiah 31 and 33. It says, But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, said the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts. And look what he said, I will write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. Look what God is saying. God is saying, okay, if I want man's thoughts to change, if I want man's actions to change, then I'm going to have to write my laws in his inward part. I'm going to have to write my laws on his heart. Because as he thinking in his heart, so is he. So if I want man to do what I think he should be doing, because I know as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So if I write my laws, if I write that on his heart, then that'll be the thing that he thinks. And if it becomes the thing that he thinks, it'll automatically be the thing he should do. Amen. And it says in, 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 in 34, it says, And they should teach no more every man his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they should all know me, from the least of them until the greatest of them, said the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and I remember their sin no more. He's going to wipe them clean. See, where sin is, God can't reside. That's a nature that's not compatible to him. So if he can't reside, then his mindset can't be there. You can't get his thoughts out of a sinful environment. Amen. So God had to do a nature change. He had to do a heart change. Come on, Hebrews 8. Hebrews 8, I want you to see it. God was up to something. Hebrews 8. Hebrews 8. Hebrews 8 and 7. Now God is trying to Fix man's thoughts. Amen. So God had a covenant with Noah. But he, had, but he had to make another covenant. That he was talking about in the future. In order to get man back. According to the way he designed him. Amen. Amen. Look what it says. Look what it says. I'm going to start at 7. Look what it says. For if that first covenant had been faultless. Then should no place have been sought for the second. For finding fault with them, he said, Behold, the days come, said the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant. And I regarded them not, said the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, said the Lord. I will put my law 
Look where he said he's going to put them at now. Now over in Jeremiah, he said we're going to put the laws in their heart. Now look where he said he's going to put the laws. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their heart. God knew if I put them in their heart, it has to go to their mind because the heart is the source for the mind. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. He said, I will write them in their heart and I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. And they should not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord. For all should know me from the least until the greatest. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities and will I remember them no more. So God wants to get his, his statutes. He wants to get his law in man's heart so that they can make their way to man's mind. And that way man will act according to the way God designed him in the earth. Amen. Amen. God wanted a son on the scene, one that is compatible with him to have access into his mind. Access into his spirit living within him. See, God, God wasn't comfortable living in, 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 in the pillar of the cloud by day or living in the pillar of fire at night or, or in the ark of the covenant, having them in the box. God always desired to live within man. With man having access into his mind. Amen. But how would God accomplish this thing? How would God do it? He prophesied about it. He knew what procedure he had to do. But how would God go about making it so? Birth. Birth. God would do it through birth. God would do it through birth. Amen. Turn to Isaiah 9. Isaiah 9. Isaiah 9. When you get that, let me hear you say amen. amen. That's what I'm talking about. Pastor Jared Banks. Isaiah 9. Isaiah 9, verse 6. You get that, let me hear you say amen. Now I said God was going to do it through birth. Amen. So God did it through birth. Look what it says. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. So a child was born. But one that is compatible with me. One that has access to my mind is given. And a government should be upon his shoulder. And his name should be called Wonderful Counselor. Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And it says of the increase of his government and peace, there should be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon the, his kingdom, to order it, to establish it with judgment and with justice, from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. But it's saying that God, a child will be born through birth. And a son will be given. So a child had to be born in order for the son to be given. So God brought for us a child. So that one that was compatible with him have access to his mind, access to his spirit living within him in the earth through birth. 
Because the only access in there has to come through a womb. Amen. The only access into her had to come through the womb. God couldn't supersede natural law, but he worked through them as a mighty God to perform a mighty work in order for his plan, in order for his purpose to go forth. Amen. Isaiah 11. I want you to see this one. It says, to us, a child is born and a son is given. Isaiah 11. In one. When you get there, let me hear you say, Amen. Go ahead, Pastor. Amen. Look what Isaiah 11 and 1 says. It says, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And look what it says. Now, speaking of the son that's given, the child that's born, that's what he's speaking about, Jesus. And it says, The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The mind of God should rest upon him. And the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. So the spirit that's going to rest upon him is going to make him wise, understanding, able to counsel, and powerful. That's the mind of God. That's the innermost thoughts of God he's going to have access to. If you have access to all this stuff, then all these other things got to go with it. And look what it says in 3. It says, and shall make him of quick understanding. That means he's going to be sharp. In the fear of the Lord. And this is the part of getting that. Look what it says. He shall not judge after the sight of his eyes. Neither reprove after hearing of his ears. That means he won't operate according to his senses. He won't operate according to his own understanding. He will only operate as the spirit or the mind of God. Give it to him. He's not moved by what he sees. He's not moved by what he hears. He will only be moved by the mind, the access of the mind of God, the power of the Spirit of God living in him. Amen. And it says that with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. And the righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. But God will accomplish this Changing man's heart, making him compatible with himself through birth, because he needed a son. A son of God is the only one compatible with God and has access to God's spirit and God's mind living in him. Matthew 3. And two more scriptures, I'm close. Matthew 3. Amen. Matthew 3. When you get there, let me hear you say amen. Amen. Glory to God. Go ahead, Pastor. You got it. Matthew 3 and 13. Matthew 3. 13. Matthew 3. 13. Look what it says. It says, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and come and die to me. And Jesus answered and said to him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And look what it says, and, when, and Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. 
And lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son, and who I am well pleased. This is what took place. Jesus had just been baptized by John. Now, when he came out the water, the Spirit of God came upon him. The mind of God came upon him. The heavens poured. A son functions under an open heaven with access to God's mind at all times. There's no way in scripture that the heaven ever closed since now there's a sun on the scene. There's no way in scripture that it says that the spirit of God went back because now there's a sun on the scene. When there's a sun on the scene, compatibility with God is on the scene. And when compatibility with God is on the scene, the spirit of God is on the scene. And when the Spirit of God is on the scene, the access to God's mind is on the scene. Amen. And look what it says. Once the Spirit was on Jesus, it wasn't the first thing to come out of God's mouth. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved Son, whom I am well pleased. He hadn't done one thing yet. But the fact that he was compatible with God as a Son... And he had access to God, mind, and the spirit. God was well pleased. Because of the fact he was a son. Because he was a son, God knew what he was capable of doing. Amen. This will be the one who will implement my will in the earth. This will be the one who cast out demons. This will be the one who raised the dead. This will be the one to cause the lame to walk, the blind to see. My thoughts will be his thoughts. He'll say what I say. Then he'll get what I need done in the earth. Amen. Over in John 3 and 34. John, I'm going to read this from the, from the Amplified. I'm going to read it to you. You don't have to turn that. I want to read it from the Amplified. Everybody may not have access to the Amplified. 3 and 34. Get that. Let me hear you say amen. Amen. That's what I'm talking about. Three and thirty-four. Look what it says. Three and thirty-four. I'm there. Look what it says. It says, For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God, proclaiming the Father's own message. For God gives the gift of the Spirit without measure, generously and boundlessly. Damn. Amen. Now look what the Amplified Classic says. I like the way the Amplified Classic says it a little better, I believe. It says, For since he whom God has sent speaks the words of God, proclaims God's own message, God does not give him his spirit sparingly or by measure. But boundless is the gift God makes of his spirit. That means God gives him the spirit. He's not holding nothing back from him. According to the spirit. That means he has full access to God's thoughts and God's mind. Do you have it on your mind? Do you have it on your mind? Do you have it on your mind? The spirit of your mind. Tell me in my last scripture, Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. And we're going to close out after this scripture. Do you have it on your mind? 
Ephesians 4. Four and seventeen. Read it from the King James and the New Lit. Four and seventeen. Ephesians four and seventeen. Do you have it on your mind? The spirit of your mind. Look what it says. Now remember, now God has brought His Son on the scene, and His Son has came. And, and done the works of God and, 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 and did the ministry for three years and he went and died. He rose again, did his finished redemptive work, giving access to everyone who believed on him to be born again, to have the new nature, and to operate as him, to operate as members of his body, to do the works of the Lord. Amen? Amen. But look what it says, Ephesians 4 17. It said, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk. He's saying that you henceforth not walk like those who are not compatible with me. In the vanity of the what? Their mind. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. They're ignorant because of their heart. That means their mind can't receive the thing of God because their heart are not right or compatible with God. And it says, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ. It said, but you have not so learned Christ. That means you have not so learned Christ. Because it says though, if so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus that you put off concerning the former conversation of the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. It says and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. What God is saying that you can't put on the new man until you're renewed in the spirit of your mind. The spirit of your mind. God is saying, I want you to think my thoughts. But it first has to come when the spirit of your mind is renewed. And then, then you can operate as the new man. But it starts in your mind. It starts in your mind. I'm going to read it from the New Living. It starts in your mind. It starts in your mind. 417, New Living. Look what it says. It says, with the Lord's authority, I say this. Live no longer as the Gentiles do. Those who are not compatible with me. Those who are separated from me. For they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life of God. Give because they are, have closed their minds. And harden their hearts against me. He said they have closed their minds. And hardened their hearts against me. A hard heart. Won't give you access to God's thoughts. Amen. And they said they, they have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure. And eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus. And have learned the truth that comes from him. 
Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. It says, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. It's telling you to go back and be the man God designed you to be. Go back and be in his image and after his likeness. But that cannot be done until the spirit change your thoughts and your attitude. Is it on your mind? Allow God to change your thoughts through his spirit living in your spirit. Allow God to, to bring about your new heart through salvation. Let God do a work within you that your thoughts may change. If your behavior is a problem, then it has to be a thought problem. And if it's a thought problem, it has to be a heart problem. And Jesus Christ is the only one authorized to deal with a heart problem. Amen? Give God a hand for that word.